listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at AstrosFuture.com and find me on Twitter at AstrosFuture. And I'm your other co-host, Kenny Van Doren. You can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. Today we're sitting down with the Astros catching prospect and 22, or 2022 six-round pick, Colin Price. Colin, how you doing? Good, yeah, man. How are you? Pretty good. So as far as I know, there's no family relation. So we'll just go and throw that out there for anybody that was wondering. <laughs> Same last name. But so th- you're in your first big league offseason right now. Are you are you starting to get that itch? It's you know, we're coming up on February, that itch to just get out there and, and be involved in a real baseball game again. Yeah, definitely. Actually, today I was talking to um to one of the guys. We we're both just talking about how like we miss everything, just the teammates and um baseball and just kind of the whole schedule. And so yeah, I definitely can't wait to get back out there. And a lot of people uh, don't know the story about you know behind you, Colin. But um, I can't kind of hear more about it. But when you were before you worked out with the Astros, you worked out with the Cardinals, and I heard that you were, you told me that you were a little bit late to the Astros workout. <laughs> you weren't totally sure that the Astros were going to be the ones calling your name. But you know, talk to us a little bit about that draft. You know, on draft day, hearing your name called was it kind of a surprise to hear the Astros? Um. Yeah, it definitely was. So obviously I was just in touch with my agent and um, I knew the Ashes were obviously interested because they invited me to that workout. And um, so I, I got to meet them. So I knew that they were interested, but they weren't really talking to us a whole lot um, on the day of the draft. And then all of a sudden I got a call from my agent. And he was like, hey, we're talking to the Ashes right now. Um, just be around your phone and be ready. And then it was <laughs> – it's pretty stressful, but obviously a very exciting day for me and my family. So after you signed at Minute Bay Park, you made it out to West Palm Beach, but you weren't there for, for very long. You ended up getting promoted to Fayetteville where you spent uh, the majority of your time last season. What were those early uh, workouts like, and, and how did you impress the staff down there in uh, West Palm Beach? Man, the workouts were just kind of come in here and show us how far along you are and show us if you're ready. Basically went in there and worked out a little bit, got some lifts in, hit the cage, hit on the field, did some de- defense stuff. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know what exactly I did to impress them or or really if I did impress them at all. But all of a sudden we were um, after practice and a bunch of us went to Zaxby's and all of a sudden I got a call and they were like, tomorrow bring bring your clothes and pack up because you're not going to be going back to the hotel <laughs> so i don't know what i did but i was definitely i was definitely happy to get the call before we talk about that this next jump to Fayetteville, what was your order at zaxby's i feel like you have to remember it if that's when you got your call <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty easy to remember because i basically get the same thing every time it was um boneless wings and things so just my go-to Go to, um, yeah. yeah, but I've heard so you know there's some differences when you when you get to you know your first kind of run in professional baseball. You, I've heard some coaches call tell you to call them by their first name, but what, what were some of the first like differences you noticed? You were in college 
baseball two months prior and now you're a professional baseball player. What, what was the big things that stood out? Um, well, I would say at college, it's you're competing to to win your conference. And especially at Mercer, basically one team out of SOCOM makes it to like a regional. Like, so if you don't, if you don't win your conference, you're not making it. So that, that's such a, a push at school and pro ball is more about, obviously you're trying to win, you're playing your best to win every day, but it's also so much about um, just like growing as a player and getting better as a player. So just being able to focus um, day in and day out and just getting better and not having to focus so much on like on, on just winning every game. So I feel like that's the biggest the biggest difference is just the the focus on development. So you mentioned Mercer and I, I went ahead and looked and looking at the draft history and since 2000. 2000- uh, 16 there's been uh, 14 people that have been uh, selected and signed uh, in the MLB draft and the previous 26 years going all the way back to 1990 there was only like 15 so I guess has there been a change in Mercer is it is it becoming a a, a baseball you know wheelhouse now <laughs> well I'm a little biased I would say of course <laughs> but um, I mean yeah they do a great job down there they'll come out there and work with you as much as you want I mean if you text many times they'll come They'll throw BP or hit you ground balls or do catch and drills with you, whatever it is, they're always down to help. So I'm a little biased, but I'll definitely I, – I like to say they're on the come up. <laughs> <laughs> so through 19 games last year, uh, you were on a Terry. You were slashing a 290 with a 468 slugging percentage. What was working so well for you, and uh, what changes, if any, did you make during those uh, during those first three weeks of uh, professional baseball? Um. I think really I tried to not change anything. Actually, I just wanted to go out there and just play the same game. I, I didn't want to change anything. I didn't want the fans or the different environment to affect me or anything. So I actually tried to just stay the same, have the same approach, and um, just kind of be myself, just play my game. You know what, like, uh, I mean, how how are you feeling? To play? What do you think was working so well for you? Was it just, uh, you know, was it the, the approach that you had, like you said, the same approach in college or – um, you just feel real comfortable, you know, kind of uh, right off the bat? Yeah, I felt pretty comfortable. Um, I think what helped me was I, I wasn't trying to do too much. So, like, I wasn't trying to get there and and hit a 500-foot home run. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to be in the box and, and stay true to myself and my approach. And I think that really kind of kept me grounded through all the different stuff that was going on. And looking, you know, at the field as well, uh, we talked, you know, we know you play catcher, but you know, we talked a little bit about you played some outfield, some corner outfield and some first base. You know, how much did the Astros really appreciate your versatility? And, you know, you did play a couple innings out there. Was that just kind of a planned thing or just kind of test the waters at the pro level? Uh, I think it was a planned thing, but like, unfortunately, the, the one game that I got to play out there was a game that I fouled a ball off into my foot and ended up breaking my foot. <laughs> So that was unfortunate, but um, I think it was a planned thing. And then uh, during this offseason, we were down there for a, a strength camp, and I spent a lot of time doing outfield drills and working with some of the other outfield guys and just kind of picking their brains. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's something going forward that the Astros always know they can move me around wherever they need me. And a lot of people don't know this, but you're six foot six, and there's not a lot of six foot six catchers professional baseball do you think that kind of works in your favor behind the dish or is it kind of working against you uh i think it definitely works in my favor um i mean especially with like 
stuff like uh, throwing out a second base. I just have so much leverage when it comes to throws. Um, I'm I'm a big target back there, so hopefully the pitchers like that. Um, and for and for my size, I think I move pretty well. So I think I think all together definitely benefits me. So the only catcher that really comes to mind that's like also you know that tall is is Matt Weeders. Is that somebody that you've kind of looked at at, at the MLB level and kind of maybe seen how he uh, he approached the game or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. He was somebody that I could look at and know that it can be done just because so many people have asked the same question like, Oh man, is that, is that going to affect you? Um, can your body hold up? Can your knees hold up? But then seeing like seeing somebody like that at the, at the best level, being able to do it, it's like, I mean, yeah, look at this guy, he's done it before. So. You mentioned a little bit earlier, you mentioned the game that you, uh, you fouled a, a, a pitch off your, uh, your foot. Um, but that came on August 27th and, and ended up ending your season. So can you kind of walk us through that moment and then the uh, the following days of finding out that your season was over? Yeah, so actually the the, the games prior to that, I was kind of hitting like a little skid. I, uh, I was trying some different things, and they just weren't working for me. So actually that game, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go back. Basically what I was saying earlier, I'm going to go back to myself. I'm going to go back to my swing and my approach. And the at bat before I fell off into my legs, I actually hit a home run. So I was like, oh man, this is good. And I'm feeling good again. The ball's looking big. Mm-hmm. And of course I fell off into my foot. And um at the time I didn't know it was broken because you know it, it always hurts. So I was mm-hmm. just like, oh man, it's just you know, rub some dirt on it, it's no biggie. Mm-hmm. Um but then obviously the next day I went and got an x-ray and found it was broken. And at that point it was just I kind of just got to let time do its thing, you know? So I just tried to be there, be a good teammate, hang out with the guys and just keep growing my relationship with all them and the, and, and the managers and coaches and stuff. So obviously not being able to play wasn't fun, but I just tried to make the best of it. And you had a, you had a couple more weeks there with your teammates and the coaches and it kind of like, you know, blended into some of that rehab and recovery. What, what was that process like? You know, you get to watch these guys play, but you might not be able to be out there. And, you know, was it kind of like an easy transition just going into recovery or was it just kind of tough on your mind as well? <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy because I'm always itching to be out there and playing. Like, it's so hard to sit there and watch. But it it was fine. The guys are great. I loved all the guys down there and then all the coaches – I got, I got to sit there with them and kind of pick their brains. And um, we would sit there and talk about certain situations and whether it was hitting, like, like what, what, what would be your approach right here? Or I will talk to the pitching coach and we talked about pitch calling and all that type of stuff. So um, we definitely tried to work together and, and use it as an advantage rather than just kind of sulking about the fact that couldn't play. So were you um... – were you, did you stay with the team or did they uh, end up sending you down to West Palm Beach? Um, I was I was with the team. I finished out the rest of the season with the team and then um, they sent us down to West Palm for instructs. Okay. So, so you had a, you had a finished. pretty good view of that uh, of that combined no hitter, huh? Definitely. Yeah, that's the thing. And, and the sad thing was, so we had the no hitter and then I think we had two walk offs. And I, and I'm in a boot and on mm-hmm. crutches, and so the trainers are like warning me beforehand. They're like, man. If, if we get this last guy out or if, or if something happens here, home run or walk off, you cannot run out there. 
<laughs> so I'm sitting on the bench and everyone's running out there and I'm sitting there just throwing my crutches up because that was, that was <laughs> the, the best liberation I could do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, any, any no hitter is, is uh, impressive, but I think that one, I think it was about four or five pitchers. And I think it was, uh, if I'm saying it right, blue ball went like five innings in relief. And I think he struck out like eight, uh, which is pretty impressive in, in, in any kind of no hitter. So heading into your first spring training now, though, what do you think is is something that you need to show the team this spring? And is there anything that you're you're kind of looking to to kind of elevate your game uh, this spring? And and I guess what are your expectations for your first spring training? Well, expectations. I know it's going to be tough. I mean, I know they're they're long, hard days, but um, I, I I hope I get opportunities to face high level guys um, and to show that I'm comfortable facing them. And also catching them, um, and and I and I hope the high level guys enjoy throwing to me and enjoy me catching them, and I hope to um, just kind of build stronger relationships with everybody in the org, whether they're players or coaches or or uh, like office guys, whoever's there. So um, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Do you know when you'll be uh, reporting? Yeah, I'm, I'm heading down February 13th. Okay, so and- a little bit less than a month. And you, you're fully cleared by now, and I assume at this point. And you know, have you yeah. kind of like had to adjust anything hitting wise, or just everything kind of feeling smooth again? Man, everything's feeling smooth again. The hardest adjustment was not jumping back a hundred percent right away, because obviously, like that's what that's what I wanted to do. Um, but after like an injury like that, they always tell you to come back slow, come back slow. So the hardest thing was trying to not come back too fast. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, I think, you know, we've asked, you know, some of these, you know, tough questions and some fun questions here, but, you know, at the end of some of these interviews, we like to throw some more fun questions at you. Um, you're entering your first season. Uh, sometimes the MLB, MILB page will throw some nicknames on there. You don't have one yet. Um, did you have a nickname at Mercer and do you have one going in you know, to your first professional season yet? Yeah, I don't have any now. Um, when I was in high school and played on my travel team, one of the coaches, I was, I was probably like, let's see, probably forty pounds skinnier, and so they always <laughs> call me sticks or like anything like that. But so far, no, no nicknames. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> something will happen in the clubhouse or at the hotel or something. Well, I'll get some some kind of nickname. Yeah, well, I'm sure me and you have both heard all the uh, all, all the funny things that people have to say about our last name as well. So, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The Price is Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah the Price is Couldn't tell you how many times I've heard I always that. Get. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you were with the team for uh, for those 19 games, but then you end up sticking the rest of the season. Was there anyone that you kind of clicked with, you know, right away? Like any one of your funniest teammates that you you kind of uh, you know made good friends with uh, really early on? Shoot, there there were a bunch. Um... I hung out in, in Fayetteville. So when I – obviously, when I first got there, I didn't know any, any of the guys. Um, and so I started hanging out with Tyler Whitaker a lot, um, Dylan Miley, um, Nick Swanson, um, a bunch of those guys that we all, we would all just come back from the games and just go to one of the, one of the rooms and just watch a movie or – talk about something, talk about the game, complain about a call or something like that. <laughs> um, and then back, some of the guys that I got close with, um, 
like after after we came back or after when we went to West Palm after Houston, um, was Trey um, and Nolan and Mike. We, we would all like go to this room and talk after dinner or whatever. Then we'd go to our, our own rooms and play Fortnite and <laughs> Call of Duty or whatever it was. So I, I think all the guys blended pretty well. Um, you know, talking about blending well, not a lot of guys know that there was three catchers taken in the draft. Uh, you, Ryan Robleski, and John Garcia. You guys all made it to Fayetteville, all caught some games there. I know John was a part of the no-hitter. Um, you know, I want to put you on the spot here, but who would you say has the smoothest you know, throw to second base? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know, man. It's hard. I mean – like like being I try to be confident, I'd say myself. But obviously like those guys, I love those guys and obviously everybody at this level has great throws. So I would say we're we're all pretty neck and neck and it's funny because everybody expects guys when you're in the same like competing for the same position that you like hate each other or something, but it's always all the catchers I've ever been competing with, all they're always super Super cool and always willing to help. And it's the same thing with those two guys. We're always working together, working on different drills. If we see something in each other, we try to work with each other. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I got pretty close to those guys as well. So, given your height, uh, did you play any other sports growing up? Maybe play basketball. And if you did play basketball, I know people are going to wonder. Me and Kenny were wondering too. Are you able to dunk? <laughs> I'm able to dunk now. Right. Back when I played basketball, I, I stopped playing basketball when I was in middle school. Okay. But actually, my my mom played basketball at a Delta State in in Mississippi, and so she was always always a big driving force of basketball and would help me out there. And then, of course, I did all the other stuff. I played tennis, I swam, um, played some football, played soccer. So you know, growing there's up, there's been some running uh... around. There's been some viral videos uh, from the Astros of like, you know, shooting at spring training. I don't know if you've seen it. Like they do like a, I don't know if they're playing knockout or they're doing like a free throw contest. So you might be able to get in on that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I can jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring this up a little bit earlier. We're talking about Matt Weiders. Uh, Another catch that was kind of on the taller side was Brian McCann. And I I know you're an Atlanta kid. You were rooting for the Braves. And then the next couple of months you were drafted by the Astros. Uh, what, what was that Brian McCann fandom like? And, you know, did you follow him to the Astros? Man, like, that. well, that's the thing. So, Brian McCann, obviously, I was a huge fan. Like, he was the catcher for Atlanta when I was growing up. And so, he was always, like, a guy that I would look up to. My dad and I would sit in the basement and just talk about him and how he controlled the game and all that type of stuff. So, he was definitely somebody um, – that I followed from Atlanta and then to Houston. Um, but yeah, it's funny you say that because it was so hard when I was, because it was like one, a, f- a few months ago, I was I was a huge Braves fan. And then all of a sudden, like now, like, I, I have to be an Astros fan. I mean, I can't not be an Astros fan. So it's whenever they play each other, it's tough. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't know who to root for. Yeah, if, if you get the chance, if you end up beating or if you haven't already, uh, Luke Berryhill, the catcher that's in in uh, in Double A right now with the Hooks, well, is where he finished the season. Uh, he's a big Braves fan as well. He's from Georgia, so uh, I remember talking to him after the 2021 series, you know, where the Astros ended up losing to the Braves, um, mm-hmm. and he said it was kind of a win-win for him. He didn't really 
You know, he <laughs> wanted the Astros to win because his organization, yeah. but if, if someone else was going to win it, might as well be the Braves. So, yeah, I think I, I think the more guys, like if I get the opportunity to meet more, more of those roster guys at spring training, it'll kind of make me like, because if I know them, then it's a lot easier to root for them. For sure. But right now, man, it's tough. <laughs> I, I know uh, your teammate in Fayetteville, Logan Cerny, was also a Georgia kid growing up, and he was a Braves fan, and he got traded to the Astros after the World Series. So, yeah, so he thought it was a little bit even weirder that he was rooting for the Braves, and they immediately got traded to the Astros a month later. So he's probably in a similar boat you were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, Colin, well, uh, I think that's all we got, man. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, you know, out of, out of your offseason to, to get on here and chat with us. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. This is fun. I think this is probably my. I think this is my fourth, my first podcast I've ever done. Nice. So hopefully, awesome. uh, hopefully I did okay and didn't screw up anything. Phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> it really was. It really was good. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros and minor league system.